Today is October 28th, and it officially starts the off-season season of talking Yanks. Larry Rothschild is gone. Cashman got mad at Sweeney Murdy, and other shit happened. Let's talk some Yanks. Steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy. John Boy and Jake. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Yanks. It's been far too long. I know we were hurt. I know we were sad. I know we were down in the dumps. I know we needed a little bit of a breather. We didn't. We were going to wait till the World Series was over and done, and baseball was put to come back on Talking Yanks. But we could not do it. I couldn't do it, Jake. We needed to come back. So for everyone that this is your first episode. What a weird first episode to tune in, but we appreciate you. Thank you. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, and I got my co-host Jake dropping his mic stand, wearing an Air Hicks shirt, coming to you from Denver. Jake, how you doing? Jimmy, simply put, it was time to talk Yanks. It was. So we we decided to make the return. Yeah, uh, stuff was happening. It you know we kind of came off and obviously everyone was sad and you know everyone questioned things for different reasons uh, and now it's like okay it's it's kind of go time for everyone except two teams right now and that'll be figured out in a matter of the next two days so uh, it's kind of go time start discussing some things that um, and you know give a little talking yank state of the union type stuff. And then we'll uh, we'll go from there. There's a lot of news. And I don't know about you, Jake Ronald. Whoa. I like looked at the voicemails, and I, we still have people that want to discuss the 2019 Yankees ALCS. And yeah. I'm a firm no. I will not be discussing or reliving that in any way. Once I move past something and decide to move forward, I'm forward. So we can talk about every, all the news that came out from the press conference. Obviously, we're going to talk about Rothschild and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to discuss game strategy or anything from the 2019 playoffs. If you need to get something off your chest, if you want anything to say, the floor is yours. I don't think there's much to say. I don't think the story's changed too much. Uh, Yanks left a couple games out there. They didn't hit. If you want to get mad at whoever you want to get mad at, knock yourself out, but nothing's going to change. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of it, it's full steam ahead, and it still sucks. If, if your question is about whether something sucked or not, yes. Yes, because it, it seemed like a lot of things were in the Yankees' favor this year. It did not happen. So let's go get one for next year. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I mean, the, a lot of news came out. Uh, you know, the press conference after elimination, usually you get a lot of injury reports. Last year we got DD needed Tommy John. This year we got Aaron Hicks needs Tommy John. 
Luke Voigt had surgery, which hopefully quells everyone that was clamoring for Voigt because they didn't understand he was injured, but it was quite obvious he was injured since his injury. So Voigt's going to get surgery. Tanaka got some bits cleaned out of his elbow. They said it didn't affect him uh, in the this postseason at all, and he'll be fine for spring training. It's just kind of like dusting up his elbow a little bit. Got some. When are we going to get your elbow cleaned out? I mean, I'm dying. I I got like, I know so you much are. junk in me. It's so ridiculous that Tanaka gets to just clean out my elbow. Like my left knee is in pieces. That's going to be a funny. That'll be like a Talking Yanks 2025 video. You and you and Johnny Lasagna go to get your your elbows cleaned out together. Yeah, like how dirty is my elbow? Yeah, what's oh, going I on? I had in some there? loose bones in his elbow. He got cleaned out. Like I'm telling you, my left knee is nothing but loose bones. Remember in college when I fell off the, oh, yeah. the pull-up bar and I cracked my kneecap? It's all it's just chunks. It's gross. What do you mean? Try to forget. Get me a cleaning. It's bullshit. So anyway, Tanaka should be fine for spring training. Voigt will be fine for spring training. Was there anyone else that I missed? Hicks is going to miss a lot of time. Um, yeah, Hicksy was at eight to ten months, is what they said at the presser. Do you? Do you? I don't. Hicks hit a home run off sale that won us a game. A lot of people are saying like, "Well, why didn't he just get that done early so he could be good for Verlander?" Verlander, yeah. Why didn't he just get that done earlier and then be a month earlier next season? He he was a he was a guy. For the LCS, like he was a component. So what? I mean, if they went to the World Series, Hicks would have been a guy. So I don't think you can really complain about that. Yeah, he gave he gave some of their best at bats. It's if you're questioning why Hicks was still out there, uh, that's the definition of you're just still looking for things from 2019 to look into. And it's just like no, like he he came back. He had arguably the biggest hit of the series, um, and he wanted to come back. Like like the Yankees told him. <laughs> you're good. Like, go home, you know, maybe figure out your elbow or not get surgery or whatever. He went out of his way to try to come back. He did. He gave some good at-bats. And, yeah, I mean, if if the Yankees and the rest of the team did a little bit more, we'd be talking about Aaron Hicks as a goddamn superhero. Right. Damn. There's no one else we're missing, right? It was Voight, Hicks, Tanaka. Yeah, I think that was it. Um. And I mean, the the story from the presser was uh, the Sweeney Murdy question. Sweeney Murdy, yeah, it was kind of interesting. It was uh, they had a little semantics off. Cashman was semantics very- off. Oh, dude, play the semantics off noise. Semantics, semantics, semantics. Off. Uh, I don't have the audio for it. Should I find it? And that's it's really not fun no. to listen to. Basically. No. Cashman, Sweeney Murdy was like, you you know, you got Corbin, Cole, and Verlander, three pitchers you passed on in the World Series, and Cashman cut him off and said, we didn't, I didn't pass on them. Cashman was already a little snippy at uh, Sweeney because the question Sweeney asked right before that was Sweeney was trying to pry into which coaching, coaching personnel was going to come back or not come back, and Cashman was like, we haven't decided yet. And so when he was like, but do you think there will be changes? And he was like, I just told you we haven't decided yet. Like, okay. obviously I'm not going to tell you anything. So, and I was on cash's side there. Like, Hey man, I can't tell you anything, but 
Then Sweeney says, you know, you passed on them. And he's like, I did pass on them. And uh, it, it's, I don't even want to open up this can of worms because I, it's, it's a semantics off. Yeah. I understand Cashman's side of the semantics. I don't think you're opposite of me on this, so it's not going to be fun combo, but I, I, I think I am. You're opposite of me. Yeah. I know you are. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's, that's the best kind of convo, man. No, that sucks. Um, but like, if you're giving him crap for passing on Verlander, like it's, it's their reason to not, to, their reason to pass on Verlander was fine and valid at the time. So like, and it still is Verlander. There's no problem. Like yeah. they were, they were staying under the cap and Verlander showed all the, all the signs of a pitcher in decline. Yeah. Um, like you can't actually bank on the Verlander thing. The Verlander thing he's clean of. Oh uh, yeah. And then he, he brought up like Keiko. He's like, we offered Keiko what we were willing to be offered Keiko. We don't know what other teams are offering him. So is that's not really passing. It's just getting beat. Right. But I mean, you don't think Dallas Keuchel's agent went back to Cashman and said, Hey, you guys are getting beat. Do you have one more offer? Cause I mean, I think they did according to Cashman. They didn't. So, I mean, but just think about that. You're an agent. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, if your agent doesn't do that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's where it becomes the semantics off. Cause yes, they made an offer for Cole. They made an offer for Keuchel and you know, they made an offer for Corbin. None of them were accepted. And like, I, I think it's just, you know, you're you're living with blinders on if you don't think Patrick Corbin's agent went back and said, hey, you got to up the offer. And Cashman said no. And I that was the only thing I was disappointed in was Cashman was like, hey, we have a process. Like, we had a certain amount we wanted to offer these guys. And that's that's where the semantics come in. Everyone was saying the same thing. I mean, at a certain point, the Yankees knew they didn't want to offer over $100 million for Patrick Corbin. Mm-hmm. So at that point, in my head, yes, technically you have decided to pass, although you made it, you made an offer. So it's yeah. like it, it becomes a semantics off. And I mean, at the end of the day, nobody's going to win for it. But like, I don't know when you when you offered prospects for Garrett Cole and the and the your offer got declined, you then decided not to offer more. And that's yeah. fine. If I was you believe in your process with, with people with Mets fans because I, I said, you know, the Mets, the Mets didn't get Girardi, who was the first manager they contacted. They contacted Girardi before they fired Brody. Right. I mean, not Brody, before they fired Mickey. Callaway. That's, I know that. And, and, you know, they, I said, I tweeted out like, they don't get the guy, the their first guy they were looking into. He goes to Philly and they're like, well, if they wanted him, they would have got him. And it's like, well, they did want him, but Philly wanted him more. So, like, that yeah. doesn't mean the Mets didn't want him. Well, that also, I think Girardi also kind of had his pick. He was kind of the sexiest He wanted coach. the Mets. Girardi did? Yeah. Really? Yes. He, he went to the Mets with the Philly offer, and they said, we can't beat that. I hadn't heard that. I hadn't, Heyman didn't tweet that, so I didn't hear that. Yeah. Well, Heyman's a, a snoggle fest. Ooh. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's all semantics, but it, it's not a good look that Cashman got so snippy. But, yeah, and that, but also, that was... like, I kind of like that Cashman got snippy. Right. 
It's a bad and look he, and a good look because, dude, it's his first press conference since they lost. Cashman's upset yeah. too. He's he's got a little bit invested in the team too. Like he he's gonna be running a little higher on snippy emotions, just like you or I are, or anyone is. Like everyone's tense besides the reporters, because they don't really got skin in the game. So the fans are pissed off, Cashman's pissed off that we just lost. Now we have to sit here and talk about it. Like we we took the week off because we didn't want to. Cashman has to go sit and then explain his quote unquote failures. Like if, I don't mind that he's snippy. If he was emotionless, I, I would, uh, I would like that less. Yeah. And you know what Cashman can't say? Cashman can't say, well, we win too. If Adam Adovino doesn't hang a slider, he, he doesn't say, Hey, we win game two. If we score one more run in the, in the next eight innings or whatever it was, Yeah, you know, it, Brian Cashman can't say that we can on the podcast. I just, I just think, and, and again, like it's, it's taking things a step further and you're going to have your opinion on it and you can't really be swayed. But, you know, I, I would have liked... C- Cashman basically said it, but he kind of was already in that snippy snippy off with Sweeney. Snippy with Sweeney. That sounds like a like a podcast or getting your penis chopped off. Yeah, it sounds a lot like a circumcision. Yeah, sounded it sounded like that. And I think we had to address that. We had to address um, that. Snippy with Sweeney. <laughs> snippy like... with Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, but like if Cashman just said there and he was like, hey, you know, we, we had a weenie. process and we... And that the other thing that Brian Cashman can't say, which um, I think it, maybe this leads us into Larry Rothschild and some of our organizational changes, but... Let's be honest. If Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole came to the Yankees, they wouldn't be who they are right now. The Astros have a little bit of a special sauce with starting pitching that the Yankees haven't fully tapped into, and that's not a shot at the Yankees necessarily. The the Astros are basically the only team in baseball that's done this. Yeah, and that's a really good transition because... You like that shit? (laughs) You like that shit? They've been calling you Jakey Transitions. I know. Oh, we got a story about that one day. When you put on those high heels, tucked it back, and threw on the wig? No, I was talking about our buddy Ken when that naked picture leaked of him and his snippy Sweeney looked pretty tiny, and he just told everyone, oh, I was in transition. Yeah. <laughs> and we said, that's not a real thing. No, it's true. You just you just have a tiny peeper, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shout out, Ken. Shout out to Ken. Tired of crowded grocery stores? Thrive Market is here for you, offering everything from healthy snacks to organic wine. Thrive Market brings you food as it should be, real ingredients, environmentally friendly, and delicious. Thrive wants to make healthy living easy for you, so they're offering a free trial and 25% off your first order by going to bit.ly forward slash save on Thrive. That's bit.ly forward slash save on Thrive. <laughs> He's a confident guy anyway. We, we blew the train. <laughs> We blew the transition, dude. We had a transition and we blew it. <laughs> it was it. perfect. <laughs> yeah, so the Yankees, they've they've kind of are one of the best in baseball at taking a guy who's underperforming with the bat and making him good. Talkman, Voigt, Geo, you name them, right? They're not good at developing pitchers and it's not it's not a, a secret and the Astros are really good at developing pitchers, really good. And the Yankees just, they didn't just fire Larry Rothschild. They fired every pitching coach in the organization besides one. It's a complete overhaul. They brought in a new pitching, a director of pitching, 
from who worked at Driveline, which is the new analytics age. Right. And he's already been around. Middle, middle of last year because yeah. the guy that they had went to Georgia Tech, but he would have superseded him anyway. But yeah, so Larry's Larry's gone and every minor league pitcher and coach is gone as well, has been released. And they're just overhauling the entire thing. So it's it's a little exciting. Hopefully they do this in the same manner they did the analytics with the bats and say, okay, we did phase one. Now let's do phase two and get the pitching going. It might take a little bit to perfect it, but it's a good first step. When I found out it was a complete overhaul, I was more excited than, well, I wasn't excited about Rothschild at all. I'm pretty indifferent to it. Um, but uh, Larry's gone nine years. It's pretty wild. A lot of fans are excited because, uh, you know, everyone needs to search for a solution and, and they've decided that he's the problem and you don't want to get me upset. But I think I have to because so many people are like, oh, Severino was helped by Pedro and Domingo was helped by blah and Cece was helped by Pettit. Go listen to our our R2, C2. Like, we don't know what happened behind closed doors like no one knows what the pitching coach and the hitting coach do and the relationship they have and the work they put in all we've been told is that larry was incredibly hardworking. he liked to mix the two ways there was sometimes there was clear like hap clearly didn't jive with what they're trying to do sometimes paxton clearly like didn't drive but then they they figured it out towards the end um Oh, and then people like Domingo Herman said that um, Larry lived in Tampa all winter and Herman would go to the training facility with Rothschild. That was a story that came out. Um, and same with Severino and that he would Larry would like text them and call them all winter and work on things. So I don't know. I, I don't know anything. Uh, I think there's good and bad and we'll never really know, but. I liked someone tweeted this and I read it to you when I got the tweet because we were talking and they said, I think Larry, because he had been a manager before, he had been with the team for so long and just the way that it operated that he was the holdover for Boone to kind of let Boone lean on him, you know, as someone who has a lot of experience in the dugout. And Boone said that in his quote, like, I leaned on him a lot. And if you watched any game the last two years, it was you know, Josh Bard's the bench coach, but he was not the second in command. It was Larry. It was Boone and then Larry. That was, They talked all game. They stood right next to each other. So I like that. Like, yeah, maybe that was, you know, okay. Boone's got some uh, some miles under his feet and and let's revamp this whole thing and move on. Yeah, and like, like you said, listen to R2C2. You know, there's, uh, with Larry, you're going to have your own opinion. If you want to look at, you know, point at Sonny Gray and that'll piss you off, knock yourself out. If you want to ignore the younger guys or anyone who's done well, you know, you're going to ignore Larry. And either way, you're too high or too low on the spectrum. Slash, we don't know. And w what you do need to know is that Larry Rothschild is extremely well-respected throughout baseball. I mean, he might be the Phillies pitching coach in a couple of days. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a dude that... And, Maybe some people do care about this, maybe some don't, but you see it in football a lot, you see it in baseball and sometimes basketball too, but kind of these assistant coaches that are baseball lifers, like Larry Rothschild was a really respected pitching coach, um, 
he was kind of he never got the managerial opportunity and then the first one he got was the Rays when they were uh their inaugural season and that's a pretty brutal gig looking back what 20 years now mm-hmm. and that was kind of his only chance at head coaching and then he kind of becomes older and who wants to hire the old curmudgeon and Larry Rothschild so you're right I mean he he was really well respected and uh you know well, not even, gonna be even how early they released him is a sign of respect because Mickey Calloway got signed to be the pitching coach for the Angels and I think they were like, oh, shit, pitching coaches are getting jobs. We got to if we're walk if we're separating from Larry, let's get this over with quick so he can go get a job. Yeah. And like like you said, I mean, listen, uh, anyone that has known the Yankees for any part of the last 10 years knows that CC Sabathia isn't going to sugarcoat anything. And he talks about Larry like he's a great dude. There's almost anyone that comes through. Nate Valdi, like there, there's a list. Oh yeah, of people. Valdi gave him a lot of credit. Yeah, um, there, there's a list of guys. So I mean, if you, I mean, if you really want to circle Larry and say he was the problem, knock yourself out uh, if that helps you sleep better at night. But but I will but, say this, Larry for sure, and the pitching, the whole, not just Larry, the whole pitching philosophy, um, the everything was not doing what the Houston Astros are doing. And the Houston Astros are the exception, not the rule. But even the Twins, they hired a pitching coach that never had coached in the MLB before, but was into the analytics and could improve you and all that stuff. And the Mets, they have that 82-year-old pitching coach, but they have an assistant pitching coach who's a pitching strategist. And I think that's really just he reads stats and tells you that stuff. So it's a new wave. And I think the Yankees are saying, we want to jump on this. We want to get in front of the wave. We're a little behind already. So it's not just Larry that's gone. It's the entire department and philosophy besides the, the, uh, the AAA guy, Phelps, or whatever his name is. And what's really wild, and I mean, people are talking about him as a candidate for the actual pitching coach position. Um, what about which, I mean, Andy Pettit? A, yeah. No, uh, I think, uh, give me any anyone named Clemens. Yeah, that was that was pretty ridiculous hour or so on Twitter today. But Yankee um, fans just literally naming people that they know that yeah. have pitched and people about people they like 20 of them, 20 percent of them were were serious. Why well, doesn't CC do it? <laughs> yeah, that was. I, I think I retweeted uh, Sweeney today because he said, like, because in the part that sucks, well, not sucks, is that Cone is a real kind of candidate. He he basically wrote a book about how passionate he is about pitching. Um, you know, Jack Curry tweeted out right after the Larry announcement. Um, so the the David Cone thing is partially real. Yeah, Anything that one's else real. Is so David fake. Cone's real. Um, but yeah, Sweeney said like, yeah, David Cohn will be a candidate. And he's like, this would be CC Sabathia's least favorite job he, he could possibly take. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, nicely. You- I said, if you think CC is a candidate for the coaching job, you don't have a functioning brain. So I, right. I, I sugarcoated a little more than Sweeney. He was pretty ruthless. Arguably. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think the thing that gets really interesting is with the Zach Britton quotes at the end of the year is, you know, with this new philosophy, the, the Yankees have built a team built on bullpen. And I I don't know, like you when you hear your own relievers <laughs> almost poo-pooing that strategy come playoff time and you hear about a whole revamp, you, you start wondering what it looks like. Um, 
and I, I don't know, like I, I, I just had a stomach drop thinking about some of the people on Twitter talking about what the new Yankees pitching is going to look like. And we don't, you're not going to know until you see it. Um, so see you in April. Do you, do you like Coney, your, your full thoughts? You want it to be Coney? If, if they say it is Coney, <laughs> dude, I just laugh because like the whole movement is guys who like, you know, work at driveline who like are really entrenched in this right. shit. Coney likes the new analytics. He's very open to them. I don't know if he's coming at them. He's coming at them from an analyst. Like, I don't think Coney for a couple of years has been looking at the minor league system and, oh, you know, this and this and like studying like across the board. Like, I love Coney. I would miss him in the broadcast booth, but he doesn't seem like the ideal candidate to me. It seems like it's some dude who is a pitching coach. Yeah, I mean this. It, this is the conversation. It's kind of like what you said with the the Mets and their old man pitching coach they brought in. Like David Cohn, David Cohn gets it. Like David Cohn would need almost his driveline person to feed him some of the other information. What David Cohn has is what the players would respect is his history as a pitcher, mm -hmm. um, and the fact that he is willing to accept this information and relate it to the players. So yes, I think there's a world where David Cohn is a great pitching coach. If if David Cohn were to come in and say, "No, don't give me any of these driveline guys. I got it. <laughs> you got you know throw the." Throw the four seamer up and in if Soto does that shuffle at you. Like and and David Cohn's not that guy. We we know enough about that. So what if they um, do do it, a tandem and David Cohn is the like bulldog mentality on the mound, player rep, have your back, loyal as fuck, pitching coach, and then they bring in a nerd and he's like, well, actually, it calls for the change up here. Well, I, I think they already have that. Like, I think that's the dirty secret of this all. The the driveline guy that's already in the Yankees front office. Like, not that a lot of decisions are already made, but the game plans and how they want to go about things are. And I think, um, you know, that main guy staying there, uh, I think that's going to be a big factor. He's going to basically, the from reading the tea leaves, it sounds like he's kind of going to get his pick of the person. So I I mean it depends. Does he want someone like David Cohn that's got the the street cred that believes in it? But you know if push comes to shove, you know David Cohn's probably going to lead on David Cohn because he was out there doing it. Mm -hmm. um, he you shit know, his pants or, on the mound. Or and sure, and you know we've all been there. But um, you know, and you wonder what the driveline guy if if he wants someone that's just in lockstep with him and is going to follow him every step of the way that the twins guy you mentioned was funny. Basically he got hired straight from college cause he could add two miles per hour to anyone's fastball. <laughs> and they were like, Hey, if you can do that, we've got an analytics team that can figure out the rest. So I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. No, I don't think Andy Pettit is going to leave his kind of life of leisure living on his ranch in Texas, checking in on the Yankees now and then to go through a 250 day grind of being a pitching coach where you basically get no love and I think that is kind of the funny part about Coney Coney does have a little bit of that sicko side like something to prove that you know you you can make sense of it and I think that's why like you said everyone kind of is wrapping their ideal around a familiar face and someone that's pitched great and like David Coney is that <laughs> plus being a real option dude Andy Pettit when people were saying that seriously cracked me up have they never listened to andy pettit 
and what his life is like now and how he hates talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His couple his couple yet his couple yes appearances were hilarious. Like it, it, he was acting like he wasn't on camera, basically. Yeah, he's like, I'm not into this. And then Cece has straight up been asked, Have you ever wanted a coach? Fuck no. And people are like, yeah. well, Cece will do it. People are nuts, man. I hope it's someone we don't know, to be honest. Or, or I'd be happy with Coney. I'd be upset to lose him from the booth. I think he'd be a great I think he I think basically his bulldogness will be the best part about him. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that I mention it, but it's what everyone's kind of missed. Like, it is a grind. Like David Cohn has a pretty sweet life right now. He's he's a he's a celebrity. He gets to broadcast some games. He's pretty well known. I think he did a couple national games. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a rising star in the broadcasting world. Um, David Cohn would have to leave all that uh, to work. 16 hours a day for three quarters of the year (laughs) and you know if you want that and you want to come in and be a great pitching coach and and again that's what David Cohn just wrote a book about how much he loves pitching and he talks about someone like Mel Stottlemyre with such admiration um, because there is like a teaching aspect and it's like passing it around and next generations remember you and what you taught them. So there's a world where it makes sense. There's also a world where Coney's like, no, man, I'm good. Yeah. There's also a part and of And the team- Yankees might not even offer it to him. Yeah, they might. I mean, I, that's where I would think the Yankees are, are like, well, I'll interview with Coney, but like, it's not really the ideal candidate we're looking for. But there's a part of Coney, I think, that yearns to be back in the room with the guys. He was the player rep. He was in the tunnels like he likes protecting his players. Remember last season or two seasons ago when they got stuck at the airport and Coney was like, yeah, yeah, the player rep came out of me pretty hard. And then there and then we like asked Kay or Ruko about it. and They were like, oh, he said that. Yeah, Coney wasn't happy. Coney likes sticking up yeah. for the guys. So I think there is a part of the cone that, you know, likes being part of the team. And that's where you and I were big Jack Curry fans, and Jack Curry isn't someone that puts something out there as like clickbait or anything like that. Like Jack Curry's as legit as it gets. So when when they announced Larry and Jack Curry had David Cohn already out in a tweet, that tells me that uh, like there is a good chance Coney actually really wants it. Which, hey, I, I think if if he were to be there, we would get super excited about it. Yeah. Oh, I like Cone a lot. And I'd be happy yeah. for him. If that's what he wants and he gets it, I'd be really happy for him. Yeah. And then he has to come on the show and talk to us about it. Yeah. And I got an inside source in the clubhouse. Boom. It's great things. So you think Didi's coming back? Holy smokes. We don't have to do this now. Yeah, I was going to say, we, uh, we'll, I, we'll I have some episodes. We'll have some episodes coming up on that. Um, I don't, I, I think a team is still going to offer him, like we talked about the Yankees process. I, I think, uh, I think a team like the Cincinnati Reds or someone who's got a little coin might take a chance on Didi. Um, it, if there's a world where Didi's not satisfied and he wants to come back for a one year 15 and then try to get paid, paid again after a full season, I would love that. And I, I mean, kind of a similar thing with Dellen, but you know, these guys could get very real offers on the open market too. So I don't know. I mean, we can do full episodes on that kind of stuff and we will be doing that coming up. Yeah. Schedule moving forward is, um, 
release on the podcast app will be every Tuesday morning and Friday morning. So if you would just listen normally, Tuesdays, Fridays, if you listen live, if you're a Patreon member, patreon.com slash talking yanks every Monday evening, afternoon and Thursday evening, afternoon. Correct. Now, of course, if there's breaking news, a trade happens, a signing happens. Uh, we will jump on the mics and do it as fast as we can. We appreciate you guys staying with us all off season. We hope you do, and we hope some some people join. I know last off season we expected uh, to flatline a little bit, and we actually kept growing every week last off season. So keep spreading the love, guys. We appreciate it. Keep telling people to come back. Um, we'll be at winter meetings again this year. We're hoping to get some interviews. We got a lot of big announcements coming up um, and uh, voicemails. I don't know if we're going to have like, you know, the Tuesday episode is this and the Friday episodes voicemails. Um, I don't know what the actual ebb and flow of that is going to be. I did want to do 2019 superlatives. Ooh. Um, hey, maybe Thursday. Yeah, we'll... Uh... We'll figure out something with the voicemail. I think when we get in a little more of a rhythm, maybe, you know, Thursday has more voicemails or I've or... got DJ winning most nonconformist. Ooh. Didn't even get the team haircut. Didn't I don't know, man. He didn't was, take the picture was, on the team plane. He was letting Brett bang a little bit. Uh you think four worms is gonna be back next year? No, it cannot be back can't be back you got to do something new we'll see what it is yeah it's the exciting part and yeah i know john just touched on it if you're uh if you're a baseball fan or talking baseball has been doing really well we're going to be doing a ton of stuff there um talking knicks if you're a sick knicks fan and want to listen to me blab about that we're doing that um but yeah talking yanks last year we were a little nervous going into the offseason like are we going to be able to let this ride are we going to have to do like Derek Jeter's top five plays and we never got to that point there was always something to talk about in Yankee land so uh yeah stay along for the ride it's and John I know this this would normally be something I that it would be more Jakey speed I think but you're pretty high on the fact that like you think this offseason is going to get a little wild. You think they're going to really cash in a lot of these ancillary chips, if I will. Yeah, I think there's going to be some trades. I think there's going to be some movement. I heard rumor I heard I heard rumors and scuttlebutt from places that I don't fully trust or even half trust that they're going to go all the way in on coal. I can't wrap my head around that as a possibility. Yeah. I've been pretty trained to think that that's not happening in the slightest. Um, if you read a rumor that says Stanton is going to get traded and, and you believe it for a second, please cut your eyes with a box cutter because you don't deserve to read things anymore. Sounds like a bet. (laughs) I don't know. You think, what do you think? People keep saying it, but like the most, the worst, most non nothing sources, not even sources. And, uh, I don't, I don't even understand. I don't even understand it. Keep dreaming, folks. No, I think uh, I think there will be some changes. I think Didi's not coming back. And I think, you know, nine months ago you tell us that and we're like, what? No way. And then, and then you know, people soured on him. And I think, uh, 
It reminds me of D-Rob last year when the Yankees planted that fake story about the voting shares Mm. just to get the public opinion kind of not high on D-Rob anymore. They didn't plant a story about D.D., but public opinion after D.D.'s press conference and just kind of poor play and the infield being a little crowded and Geo and Glaber and DJ and, you know, I think they might take advantage of that and just do a qualifying offer and no, it won't upset the fan base as much as it would have last season. Does that make sense well, at all? That's going to that, that's be interesting because there's, there's a world where Didi would accept the qualifying offer. Um, I don't think no, so, you, man. I think uh, you, you, can, you can make logic of that. And, hey, I, I know this is something I don't think people would, would say or uh, even young Glaber would say, but... What if Glaber Torres wants to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees? <laughs> um, you know, that that becomes kind of a tough conversation. I don't think he's in any position to, like, alter. Like, you know, if he walks into the, the office and says, I want to be shortstop, like, I don't think he's in any position to alter a front office move. And I don't think he would say that because he likes Didi. He's a good kid. Right, but I mean, think about what you're saying. Like, yeah, he's a good kid. What if he also wants to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees? So, I I don't know. We're uh, we're gonna hear all sorts of different rumors and whirlwinds throughout the coming weeks. Um, it is it it's gonna be a crazy one. I hope uh, I hope there is something that shocks us. Whether it's Cole Strasburg, a trade out of left field, um, I don't know. And and you like to think with with the organizational changes that are happening to the pitching staff, that seems to be like step one. Because if you're if you're if you're starting to view a pitching staff completely differently, then that means all the pieces that are there wouldn't fit. So you'd you'd like to think that a lot of changes are coming. I think I think there will be a good amount. Um, I was gonna say something else, but now I'm blanking. Oh, you know what it was, Jake? That girl that showed her boobs at the World Series. Yes. She tweeted out a video of her own, and it's your face all over it. Nice. Yeah. You like that? It's whatever. You like that shit? It's okay. 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 How many people know it's my face? I don't know. Some people on YouTube said, nice. People on Twitter do. Yeah. A quote tweeted, it said, Jake's ugly mug covering up them boobs. No. I did. No. I didn't say the boobs part. I just said uh, shout out to Talking Jake's ugly mug. And it's a picture of you holding a mug with your face on the mug. Oh, that's a great joke. I should make that tweet a little bit later. How about that? Thanks, everyone. (laughs) It's like a (laughs) three-parter. The picture on the mug is you holding. It's the picture of you holding the mug on the mug. So then people think, oh, he he wasn't talking about his face. He's actually talking about an ugly mug that he's holding. Why is the mug ugly? Oh, it's got a picture of his face on it. You get it, dude? It's like the Russian doll of ugly mug jokes. It's awesome. It's beautiful. We'll be back on Friday for the next episode. Thank you guys very much. Go check out whatever you want to check out. Five stars, ugly mug. Five stars. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees.